Welcome to The Drop on the Stat Podcast feed. My name is Danny Johnson and this... Oh my God. There's people next door. Uh, trying to... I don't even know if that's coming. That's definitely coming through on the mic. All right, I'm in another room now that is not as close to that drill. This week on the show, we're going to talk about the winner of Stab in the Dark. We're also going to talk about the new Kirby Brown film that's out at the moment. Next, we're going to talk about the quitting epidemic. And with that piece, we have a little soundbite from Paul Evans, the author of that story on Stab Premium. After that, we're going to talk about Drive Through, the second episode. And then we also have a surf scene to round it off, featuring none other than Ivan Florence. He's not, it's not from him, but he's in the story. Thanks so much to Mikey Saramella for filling in while I was away. Mikey's currently on the road at the moment. We just started filming the second season of Stab Highway and this one's based in the States. There'll be plenty of stories about that to come. But for now, let's catch up in this week's news and surfing with Stab's editor, Big Dick Power Surfer, Mr. Brendan Buckley. Did you get a new phone number? I did. It's, uh, you might notice the plus 351. What's that mean? Portugal. Uh-huh. So you're officially Portuguese now or, or a Portuguese-based American? Uh, not in the eyes of the immigration authorities quite yet, but uh, we're getting there. How is it? You know, Danny, we're men of science here, men of reason, mm-hmm. you know, but I have to say... For about five weeks leading up to the the window for the WSL comp in Super Tubos, I don't think the waves stopped pumping. And literally the day after, the waiting period is the 3rd to the 13th of March. The day after the waiting period ended, it just flipped right back on. And now the forecast is incredible. Great waves again for the foreseeable future. It's, there's a curse. I, like I said, we're men of science, but I can't help but think there's a curse here. Somebody has cursed the WSL. There was waves in the comp though, right? It was semi-pumping for one day. They had one good day. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, yesterday would have been what they would have got after or before. It would have been way better than that day. Who in their right mind starts advertising how much the surf's been pumping all the time in their new home country? Are you out of your mind? Ooh. Ooh, was that a sin? <laughs> It's a sin uh, against yourself and your fellow Portuguese surfers, yeah. Are you accepted in the I mean, water I... over there, Buck? If you paddle out, is it like, oh, there's that guy? Or are you, um, are you just look, looked at as a tourist at this point? Uh, I've been surfing alone a lot, so it's hard to get judged when you're doing that. Mm. Um, well, you can still judge yourself, which I do a lot. I just bog <laughs> that one, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get into some news? Let's get some news happening. And the winner of Stab in the Dark with Jack Robinson is Channel Islands. Two times, two times CI. Second championship, joining only Pizel to win it twice and joining also Sharpie, Mayhem, and DHD as Stab in the Dark winners. Danny, your thoughts? Well... I mean, congratulations to Britt Merrick and the whole Channel Islands team. But I'm actually kind of a fraud in the stab in the dark world at the moment, Buck, because I haven't seen the third or fourth episode. Ooh, fraudulent. Naughty boy. It's like Christmas time and stab in the dark. I think for a lot of service, it's Christmas time when stab in the dark's on and, and there's a lot of Christmas spirit in the air and everyone's having a good time and having all these conversations about it. And I, I'm like sitting around like wondering where 
Well, I haven't got any Christmas cheer like wondering. It's like, am I Jehovah's Witness or something? Where's my, um, where's my presence? But yeah, I've, uh, we've had the floods over here that have kind of ruined my um, ability to, to entertain myself. So I'm, I'm kind of still, I'm still sitting on that buck and I haven't seen the third and fourth app yet. Well, I think that's pretty understandable. I think uh, floods of a biblical perfor- pr- proportion, sorry, <laughs> performance, <laughs> Bible performance. <laughs> they just started reenacting the Bible in your house. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. How's like the first time I leave? I mean, you've, since we've been doing this podcast, you've been gallivanting around the world, skipping from country to country. And the first, and Australia's been really locked down. You basically, you can barely go interstate or couldn't for a long time, the last couple of years. And the first time I leave my home, uh, like the whole entire ocean just lands on my house. So, uh, you know, after being away for just a couple of days, so. You think you're going to develop a complex now where you can't leave? Yeah, I've maybe. I don't know. I mean, I'm already like, I'm already getting used to the fact that I, I don't leave and, and you're the, you do enough traveling for both of us. But yeah, it was a, it was a cruel twist, Buck. Yeah. So Ethan Davis actually wrote a thing. Like I know he, one of our stab writers, the guy that you work with closely over there, he wrote a thing about what his kind of, it basically sparked this idea about holy shit, like climate change, you know, like it, it, it's something that you hear so much and something that feels kind of distant still. But I think his takeaway after seeing what you went through and helping clean up and helping any way he could, it spooked him to his core, I guess. And it, it inspired this really nice written piece. I think we were going to put on sad premium, but it felt more like a PSA thing than a paywall thing. Um, but yeah, he kind of talked about your house and everything that happened there. And it's, did he? It's I haven't read jarring. that. I've yeah. Been, I've been well out of the loop. He did. It's uh, like I said, it's really, really well done. Includes some takeaways on what you can do to, to help with the fight against climate change. But it was inspired by seeing what you went through, which is fucked up. After the floods, it was almost like, it was like moving house. Except that, uh, like, you know how bad moving house is? I do. Except that. Uh, instead of like moving stuff to a new house, you move all your stuff onto the street and then it gets picked up by a giant rubbish truck and then you're homeless. Crazy. I, I can't really, I still can't make sense of it. I still can't understand really. For us, it's, it was, it's a huge setback and just such an incredible logistical nightmare to deal with. But we, you know, we don't really compare to how bad it was for a lot of other people in this area. I mean, a lot of people lost their lives and, and their homes are in positions where they can't recover from and the entire communities were multiple stories underwater. So it's, yeah, I, I definitely don't um, rate up there in, in terms of people that have suffered the most. But yeah, it's been a pretty full-on um, thing to experience. But on the, on the flip side of that, it's actually one of the best things I've ever been a part of. Like there's all those, there's all the famous stories of Mick and Paco and like they've been spending all those days burning around, like not even just days, like deep into the, to the early morning, driving around like the back rivers and saving people's lives and things like that from like pretty grave situations and, you know, potential death. And then, and then, but that's not even really the half of it. Like I've got so many friends who are on that exact same program doing the exact same thing. And then everyone else I know have just given up their entire, like all of their time and their resources and helping people, um, you know, like with food and cleaning their houses. And, and so it's, it's impossible to be bummed after seeing kind of what I've seen and, and the way people have come together. I, I, it's pretty easy to lose faith 
in um in the human race buck but some people are all right out there damn well you said multiple stories underwater for some people and i just can't even yeah. i can't even imagine like a foot of water in the house it's crazy yeah it's a, it's a hard thing to fathom but it, it was a it was a flood that it, it totally eclipsed any other like high watermark that um had ever been through this region it was it was pretty full-on pretty horrifying i gotta read that story that ethan wrote about global warming because um that's kind of the scary thing is it becoming a more frequent thing i guess and happening all the time yeah i mean everybody should read it it's called the water will rise and like i said it's longer it was stab premium worthy but we just put it on the free side of the site because it was information that we didn't want to put behind the paywall so everybody should give that thing a read yeah hey uh we've completely stopped talking about stab in the dark well i think it's understandable that you didn't watch stab in the dark eps three or four but that puts me in a position to fill you in. All right, so Channel Islands, like we said, and now there's some hot takes going around. You know, now that like we just officially announced this on the site yesterday, everybody who watched it got to find out last Thursday when the video went live, but we just released the post saying, hey, here's who won, made it public to everybody, the free side of the site. And so this is when, this is when hot takes begin. And so one hot take I'd like to share is that Channel Islands won, right? Do you know what fins Jack Robinson was riding for just to be his little constant control variable throughout this thing? No. They say they were AM2s. So Channel Island designed fins. And oh. so now we got some hot takes of like, ooh, is the fin and the board, is this why? Like, what if he had Pizel fins in? You know what I mean? Huh. Yeah. What's your theory on fins? Do you think they're just a little bit of salt and pepper or do you think they're the the defining factor of a surfboard? I think they could easily make or break a surfboard. I think if you want to experiment with that, they can make or no break a, an to, eyeball. They can make or break your your vision in your right eye. They can make or break a board. <laughs> they got it all. But seriously, I mean if you if you have a just get a big set of fins and a small set of fins and feel how different that feels in a surfboard. It's fucking crazy. It can go like you could add so much drive going bigger. You can add so much looseness going smaller. Uh, I love fins. I think they're huge. I think they're so important. So much so that this set of fins I just talked about, Jack, I stole those. Um, they were... <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, they were just kicking around... I stole them. They're these nice, I love the AM2 template. And I've had this set of fiberglass ones that I've had for like 10 years. And they're just so chewed up by all the times of hitting rocks and reefs and various optic nerves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that he had this nice fresh set. I recognize the template. And I'm like, oh my God, those are a fresh set of AM2 fiberglass, like, those fins aren't even on the market at the moment. I know he just got them as like a prototype from Futures. And I was like, they're sitting there. Jack was already gone from Hawaii. And I'm like, okay, these fins are, are I'm going to give them a new home. Um, so hmm. I stole them. Uh, I don't feel guilty about it. Maybe I should. I don't. But that is a, that's a talking point here. I mean, there's something to be said there. I think like the whole fin surfboard pairing. This is, this is the double blind study. But the fin element, maybe it needs to be blind as well. I mean, maybe, hmm, I don't know. How do, how do we, that control needs to be, it seems like it needs to be regulated 
in some way because this pairing and the magical connection of the sea ice shape and fin is i don't know i don't know it's it seems significant yeah well i mean double blind seems a bit much like me i just do half blind with fins <laughs> um <laughs> Oh man, it's almost so, worth losing your eyeball when you get to make so many jokes about. It. I mean, not you lost your eyeball, but you're you know partly blind. But the, the amount of um, great champagne comedy that comes out of it is, I mean, it comes up almost every week. Yeah, yeah, you get a lifetime out of it too. And plus, uh, the excuse to never want to go backside again is so valuable. I'm just mm. sitting on that one. That's so, handy. It, yeah, yep, yeah, it's good. Uh, another thing with Sab in the Dark. Britt Merrick has this quote, I think he said in his acceptance speech, they premiered it at La Paloma Theater in Encinitas, episode four, and huge turnout, had a bunch of the shapers there, and Britt went there not knowing if he won or not, and then just watched the episode evolve and realized, oh fuck, I just won Stab in the Dark again. And so there's an awesome photo of him realizing it. Somebody kind of had the camera point at him, and he just has this like almost childlike face of realizing what just happened. It's no awesome. Yeah, it's so cool. You could, you could uh, see how much it means to him, which is funny because he supplied this quote. At some moments, it feels like a, the biggest thing in the world, like I'm competing against all my peers, and we all care about it. If we pretend like we don't, we're lying. We all care about it. Sam McIntosh sent this to me, and I was like, I don't agree with that. I've never seen any evidence of a shaper not caring about Stab in the Dark. Yeah. Anything I've seen, everything that is contrary to that, so the back half I agree with, but that they don't care, no chance. You know, it's, it's widely considered the Shaping World title. I think they care to extreme yeah. levels. And I, I've never heard anyone be shy about it either. And you know what was funny is uh, during Brit's acceptance speech, he, he told Matt Biolas that he loved him. Ooh. Like all the other guys in the comp, like I respect all those guys so much. Uh, Biolis, I love you, man. I'm, I'm thankful for you. And uh, yeah, give him some love. I don't know what type of backstory their relationship has, but just given the, the triumph and, and that moment, uh, it was almost like he, it, just the pure ecstasy of winning. I, it was just interesting to hear that come out of his mouth. I don't know if he would say that on a regular day-to-day. -day. Uh, and I don't know if... I don't know if that was an I love you return. I don't know if, if Matt Violas told him he loved him afterwards, but I just thought that was, that was huge because it, it indicated the competitiveness between them or between shapers in general because, um, you know, he didn't, have to, he didn't have to even mention Matt Violas, but, uh, you know, that came out of his mouth. Oh, man. I mean, I, I think that's probably something a lot of people can relate to. You know, you're early in a relationship sometimes and maybe it's a nice dinner and the, the thing just hits you and you say it and they don't reciprocate. It's... <laughs> I might tell her that I love her. Oh, my. <laughs> well, that's a big move, Georgie boy. Are you confident in the I love you return? 50-50. Because if you don't get that return... It's a pretty big matzo ball hanging out there. I mean, shapers care immensely, Buck. And I, I, you know, I was, I was actually having like a, a chat to a surfer recently about, well, a free surfer talking about why they don't start using anabolic steroids. And of course it was a free surfer because 
there's a reason why tour surfers can't because they get tested and they can get booted off tour. Neko Paderak circa 2000 and whatever year that was. And um, I was actually thinking like shapers care so much about this. Like they're not getting tested for steroids. Why wouldn't they get all jacked up? I want to see some shapers get pharmacologically enhanced and just stay up for days on end with hyper alertness and and bang out the perfect surfboard. I'm into that. I think that's a great idea. Nobody's testing them. Yeah. Actually, in France, that could be an issue because Neko got popped before the WSL even had a formal like testing regime. He somehow like somebody tipped off the French authorities, and they got him. No and way. then they kind of reported the WSL, and that's what happened there. So, huh. shapers, go get juiced up, but stay away from France because they'll pop you there. Yeah, wow, that's a that's an amazing little little side note to the the Nikos story. And uh, I mean, Hitler's Nazi army did it. That's how they almost beat the entire rest of the world in a war. Um, they were all they're all math. juiced up. Did you know that? See, some or guy, up. some guy wrote a, a book about it. I haven't read it, but I'm pretty sure that's the gist of it. They were, they were definitely all on the amphetamines. Um, they just, wow. they basically invented meth and would fight for days, just out of their minds. And I think there's something we can all learn from that buck. Yeah. Okay. Meth. If you want to <laughs> do some meth and go shape. Hey, there's a stab premium subscriber that wrote in and, and said that he was chatting to he was actually attended the the premiere and the winner announcement and he was chatting to brit afterwards and he said hey what are you going to do with the like the winning board and brit was like i don't know i guess brit was in such a good mood telling everyone he loved them and stuff like that at this point mm. and he just offered it to this guy and goes do you want it and um and the, this guy was just like thought that no that can't be real and, and he would 100% regret it. So he, he didn't accept the offer, but he did email in, uh, into Stab asking for another board given his um, gracious act of, of denying the, the winning board. I saw that and I thought, how brilliant if that first part of the story just didn't happen at all. Yeah, I definitely thought that as well because it makes you just want to give him a ball because it's such a great story. But, uh, you know, we might want to do some fact checking on that quick phone call to Brit. But uh, it did also make me think, like, does Brit even own that board to be giving it away? I'm always so confused about what happens with these stab projects and where the boards end up because typically the boards would always return to stab or they'd either be in the Australian office or the American office. But then last year with Stab in the Dark, Taj hung on to his boards because he loved them so much and then he ended up selling them online on, like, these secondhand board sites for – like, I don't know, like 1300 bucks or something. So that was like the first, that was the first time anyone, uh, yeah, broke the, broke the rule. And now it seems like these boards are just, uh, uh, I don't know. Who owns them, Buck? Do we own them? I would think so. I was even thinking about that too. Like as this project keeps going, like imagine 10 years from now, being able to look at every winner over the past 15 years because boards are just, even if it's slow, changes are going to happen. You can see how that evolution, think about boards 15 years ago, and you can see what was the best of the best high-performance thing over the years. We need to hold on to these things, I think, and, and create a little, you know, watch it evolve. It'd be fun. Mm. Maybe we should bury them in the backyard as like a memory capsule and dig them up in 50 years. When people are so. all... They might grow, though. Maybe have a little surfboard tree. Mm. I figure in 50 years, Not people will be surfing hoverboards. 
museum style artifacts. Yeah. Yeah, Kyle yeah. That's all. <laughs> That's the complete sentence. That's all you need to say to say a lot, isn't it? <laughs> Kyle Lenny is a complete sentence. All right. Anything else on on Stab in the Dark? I think we are all good. I think we just spoke about that for half an hour. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We went. We went. But I think that's the biggest one this week. I think we could just skim over the it, other ones. It is. It's not fair. Mikey gets all the fucking the deep fakes. Yeah. And the Apple Watches. He gets the deep fakes. He gets the Apple Watches. It's not fair. Oh, the the run of stories that you guys got to talk about together in my absence has just been so devastating to me. There was crypto. There was deep fakes. The deep fake, right? The cat surfboard catfishing. All these just unbelievable things to to fodder over and to yammer on about and then yeah i feel like every week i'm on it the surf world just goes quiet but yeah uh, uh, i was i was extremely jealous buck uh, we do need more deep fakes we do need more we don't have any this week which is a, which is sad how surfing the world's most dangerous slabs saved kirby brown's life so this is a long form written piece by chris bins talking about Kirby Brown. He's got a new movie coming out, or it's already out in Australia, called Facing Monsters. Do you know much about this, Danny? I, I do know that everyone who's seen it has has, yeah, has lost their mind and, and, and talks about how good it is. But another thing I haven't seen, Buck, and I'm dying to. Yeah. When I first heard about this, it was described to me as the free solo of surfing. And I went, okay, that's, that's a big claim. That's, let's, let's just tone it down a little bit, maybe. Then I watched the thing, and yeah, it's fucking gnarly. I mean, it has that, like, it has, it, I guess it's what free solo is. Like, I didn't, I don't rock climb, I don't care about it. But I watched that thing, and then I... It was so compelling what he's doing, but also had that human story to it that I was like, that was great. I still am not going to go climb up a rock. I'll probably do literally anything else instead, but well done. And it's 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 incredible. I mean, I don't know if they've secured dis- distribution for it yet, but I wouldn't be surprised to see, this, <clears throat> to see this end up on some sort of like mainstream distribution platform and really make noise beyond the surf world because it, it is that good. It is that wow. compelling. Man, what a rave review. That was, I don't know if you ever give out five stars normally, Buck, but that sounds like a solid five stars from you. It's just a really good movie. And this piece that uh, Binzi's written, it's a really good primer. Like, I didn't know much about Kirby. How many stars are you giving Binzi's piece? I'm going to give Binzi 4.69. Oh, come on. You're just handing out stars like like there's a million of them in the sky. I'm the fucking Milky Way, Dan. But it's a great piece and it's a great primer to Kirby because I do think a lot of people will watch this movie one day. Does men surfing have a quitting epidemic? This is a story written by Paul Evans, who you probably recognize his name in writing, but if you haven't heard him speak before, you were treated to that during the pro-Portugal. He got called up to the big leagues. He's done a lot of commentating before, but big league Paul 
at the CT in Portugal. Uh, so you may become more familiar with his actual voice there, which is good because you're about to hear it again because he's given us a nice soundbite about this story he's written. Let's hear from Paul. Gimme, gimme! Hi, Stab Podcast fans. Hope you're doing good. Paul Evans here in Cap Breton, Southwest France. Little update on what's happening around here. Spring's very much in the air. We've got the Equinox coming in a couple of days. And it is all fucking kicking off in birding land. We've got some red starts. We've got some chiff chaffs. So some exciting birds flown up from Africa for the spring. Haven't seen any swallows yet, but any day now. Um, I had a little surf yesterday with super coach to the stars, Richard Dogmarsh. Uh, Waves have been pumping here. Um, yeah, he beat me and he laughed at my surfboard and at my fins. But that's fine. That's all fine. Um, I recently wrote a story on Stab Premium called Does Men Surfing Have a Quitting Epidemic? The short answer is, of course, no, not, not really. But it does seem to have a higher than average incidence of men walking away from tour. And I, I kind of wondered why that was. Um, obviously, Gabrielle's announcement at the start of the year that he'd be taking some time off, which is just quite sudden, um, unless you maybe one of people inside his camp. That, that came as a bit of a shock. So that's what kind of got me thinking about this one. Um, I also had a chat with, with Brad Gerlach and... Um, it was really interesting to see why he left the tour. Uh, he was just 25 when he quit back in 92. Um, he finished number two in the world the previous season. It struck me as quite rare that anyone would kind of finish runner-up and be pretty much in their prime, just 25 years old, um, and kind of walk away and go and do something else. So I thought I'd kind of look into it. Um, one thing that I thought did, did turn up was that of our five three-time world champs, so... Our five sort of grandmasters competitively, MR, Curran, Kelly, Andy and Mick. It's only only Fanning who actually didn't take at least a season off um, kind of voluntarily, as in not due to injury, before his 30th birthday. So just Mick. All of the others kind of walked away for a period, either either forever or, or came back. Um, actually, I think Andy was 30 um, when he took that time off. But anyway, I, I massaged the data slightly there. Let's not get let's not get bogged down in that. Um, so anyway, I was just wondering why that was and, and, and what are some of the reasons for that? I didn't want to go too much into the individual's personal reasons or any issues they were dealing with. This was this was more taking a kind of a, a sport wide view on it. Um, one thing that always struck me about surfing on tour is just how little of it there is. Um, this year we got we got ten events in in the in a year. Um, if you win four heats, uh, you're in the semi-finals basically. So that's that's two hours surfing. You're in the semis. Um, if you distill that slightly further, you're probably actually surfing around about a minute or so per heat on average. So so four minutes of of on, of being on your board. Um, if it all goes well, you're in the semis. It's not actually loads of surfing involved on. On the surfing world tour, and I, I wonder maybe if that is maybe got something to do with it. Um, I guess with with many other sports, when the when the matches, are, the games are coming thick and fast, maybe you don't have too much time to kind of think about anything else because you constantly got a fixture in the next couple of days or quite a structured training session in the morning. Um, in surfing, maybe there's just a lot more kind of 
being on your own with your own head noise um and maybe maybe that's got uh, something or a lot to do with with why a lot of our surfers walk away so i had a look at anyway those those five that i've mentioned and um yeah i i just thought it was interesting to just kind of examine why why people quit or or why they why they don't um yeah it's roughly 1200 words of surf enthusiasm for the premium paywall generation um check it out enjoy Isn't that a beautiful accent, Buck? It really is. I mean, I'm not sure if it's as good as that guy that uh, called in to just call us Kunz. <laughs> he was pretty uh, good. But it is. It's 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 a great accent. I love how his accent. I swear you could feel in his writing. Like I could just hear him speaking when I read his pieces and I love pretty much everything he writes. Like I think he has, he wrote something about short arm full wetsuits about a few weeks, maybe a month ago. And I remember being like, this is such an obscure thing to write about, but I trust that you're going to do a good job just because he does a good job with everything. makes anything like fascinating. And yeah, he has that, he has that ability to make anything really interesting but he's actually onto something here. I think with this quitting epidemic, like people do, it seems like people leave pro surfing way earlier than other sports. So we're all quitters. Yeah, I like it though. I feel like Medina quitting this year was the best thing that happened to the tour. I feel like we we're all starting to take him for granted, and now he's gone, and we and we realize we love him. And I actually heard a rumor that he might be coming back at some point. Bucky, care to weigh in on that again? You threw your hat in the ring last time with a story, but I did. I did. Will you go? Will you go out on a limb with the new rumor? Yeah, I'll go again. I'll go again. New rumor is G Land, which we're still trying to make sense out of because, like, what does that? Is he just going to get one or two wild cards for the back half of the year? Does WSL or create a thing to let him into all the back half events? We are looking at that now, but that is the new whisper going around. Um. I don't know. I'm going to say fuck it and say he's going to be back for Bells. Just based off of nothing at all. Other than the fact that he ordered those Cabiancas. I know that he's got that going. And I'm going to say the G-Land thing's a smoke bomb. Return for Bells. But we'll see. Hmm. Maybe he won't return at all this year. Maybe he just really needs that break. Yeah. That'd be good too. Well, anyway, I'm glad he quit. I hope he's having a good time. And I want everyone to quit, Buck. I love it. I think it's... I think it adds a, a, a bit of it. Except, I mean, I never want Slater to quit ever. But, I mean, despite it having its obvious drawbacks, the fact that he won't quit, I feel like he's ruined. I feel like Slater's ruined aging. You know, like the idea of getting old and like getting fat and just slowing down and basically giving up. It, it, now that he, Slater's set this new standard for what's possible as a 50-year-old, even whatever diminished version of that we're capable of it's always going to be in the back of our mind that we're that we're, we could be doing more and so you know I, I don't want Slater to quit but you know despite that but everyone else I'm, I'm into it I like when people just hang up the boots and then you get comebacks and it's uh it's I haven't read the story though Buck another one I'm you know I'm homeless so I, I can't mm, read fair fair well <clears throat> Speaking of Slater, he actually, I put a quote in there, I think it's just a caption, but he, in an interview with the Associated Press after he won Pipeline, you know, there's all this talk, oh, you're about to turn 50, you're going to retire, all that, and 
he kind of supplied them with this quote that just said, everybody who retires from surfing just goes surfing more, which I thought was really cool. And then the way Paul ends the piece is really cool too. I mean, he just kind of lays it all out, gives you a history of people quitting and some context, and then just kind of says that maybe they're doing what we all want to do, which is just fuck it all off and go surfing. So it's it's a great piece. Yeah. It's not like when when Tom Brady retired that he could just – start playing some NFL games, could he? He had to um, He had to make a, a comeback just so that he could play the sport. You can't really play that on your own. Yeah, yeah. And hot take, that's Kelly's fault. That's Kelly's fault. What do you I'm, mean it's Kelly's, Kelly's fault? He saw Kelly win pipe. <laughs> hot take. Throw it out there. Drive Through Episode 2 is now playing on Stab Premium. Kelly's way cool to eat vegan food and get all the leftovers from Kelly. <laughs> hey, right. Kelly! Obnoxious through is here. We're here. <laughs> Kelly, it was Ju- a bad idea. Ju- Julia Roberts. Oh, oh shit. Danny, I'm going to be honest with you here. I thought this episode would be a dud. Did you? I love the first one. I mean, it's at the surf ranch, and I just feel like I may, I, I just haven't seen anything the surf ranch has lost its novelty you know the first like year anything you saw from there you wanted to see immediately because we hadn't seen much of it i mean it, we got so far in this place that got kicked off the ct i just thought i'd seen anything that i ever needed to see from the surf ranch this proved me wrong yeah i had the same experience you know i actually watched this buck i haven't watched stab in the dark you need a you know you need good sound and a decent sized screen to enjoy something like stab in the dark and i haven't read a story on stab premium in a few weeks but when I saw this pop up, I couldn't help but flick it on while I watched the dishes. And I 100% agree. And the way they get Kelly to open up too, I mean, they pull up, they're just honking, being obnoxious <laughs> at the gate. and Talking about his junk. Kelly, like, yeah. He can't help but start looking junk. for Kelly's junk and his white wetsuit the whole episode. I was like, oh, let me get a oh, glimpse of this incredible. thing. Are there, more, are there more fat guys on this side of the car? Or is that just Benji? Dane said to us earlier in the day that Kelly wearing a suit and it's white, you can really see his package. Like you can see the whole definition of it. And Dane is a very honest man. And he was like, I hope he's not wearing that white wetsuit. And then just like the the funny little riffs that he's having with those guys, the shots he's taking at them, like it's just rare to see Kelly on camera that loose. Yeah. And the fact that they like, it's literally right when they pull up, that's just how they're greeted by him. And it's just, it was so cool, so refreshing. Um, and I knew right, like like I said, going into it, I was like, oh yeah, okay, like Surf Ranch, we'll see. And then right away I was like, oh my God, this is hilarious. They're just talking about Kelly's white suit and then he's there in it and they're talking about his dick and it's just, it's a whole thing. It's yeah, a whole thing. Kelly Loose is one of the best and most entertaining things in surfing. And you saw it in like black and white when he's, you know, how old is he there? 18 and he's eating cereal and he's, he's so candid and loose and funny. What are you eating? Cereal. Do you like it? Of course. Why <laughs> would I eat it? Can't help but love that guy. And then I guess over the years, he's had to adopt a professionalism, but I got to see, um, I got to see Kelly there was an Ain't That Swell live a few years ago when they, when Jed and Vaughn, uh, Ain't That Swell podcast, when Jed and Vaughn started doing live shows and I was um, I was on that tour with them and uh, on stage with them doing the visuals and um, 
and, and whatever. And on the episode that Kelly was on, he spoke for three hours so candidly and he even at one point um, like someone was trying to make Kelly do a shot of um, tequila and then he nominated um, myself and Binzi, the author of the, the Kirby Brown story, do the shot anyway and, and, he made, and he made us do it with our shirt off. And so I was like doing a, a shot of tequila under peer pressure from Kelly Slater. Wow. And then he hung wow. around and drank beers Ooh. with everyone all night. It was, yeah, he's, I mean, not all night. But um, yeah, I got to see Kelly like that loose that, that night. And, um, and it was, yeah, I know what you mean. It's, he's, he's just so lovable. I wish he was like that all the time. Ah, I know, I know. And even like, so it opens with that funny scene and he's making fun of everybody. They're making fun of him. And then, you know, you get to see some really good surfing in it, obviously. But then you get to see Kelly, like, you know, an 11-time world champion, greatest of all time guy, just sitting on a foamy going over the falls with Griffin Colapinto. Like, just the fun. It's just so hilarious. And coming up laughing, it's just Kelly, like you haven't seen him in a while at least on film and it was it was so cool it just looks like it's the most fun thing ever yeah as was chatting to benji weatherly i imagine i loved listening to that chat and i was so jealous that you got to interview benji because he's he's one of my heroes i was trying to actually work out what the what the drive-through like why it's so good and it's pretty much benji if you think about it like having his little takes the whole way through and his his essence splashed across it. It's he is one of greatest living treasures, is he not? Was it amazing chatting to him? Oh, it was great. It was great. He's he's hilarious, and his way of just describing anything, he's able to <laughs> just go off and make anything interesting. And he's great. He's a lovely chat, and he's like you could tell that. Like I think what I experienced from talking to him is the same thing you get when he sits down for an interview and he's like talking about the day at Kelly's Ranch or something. And just like the details that he's pulling and the yeah. comparisons he's using, everything is just like so fun. I feel like he was slightly in press release mode because he probably needed to get so much info out about the show. But I feel like when we get him back on, we got to try and get the more loose, the yeah. more loose side of Benji. Get him you know, telling the famous story of what actually happened at the WSL in those meetings and what supposedly, supposedly happened. But didn't he, yeah, didn't he make yeah. you do the interview twice? Or not make you, didn't he fuck up the first one? Yeah, we did, we did. That, uh, the second one was, it was a lovely Friday night, I think about like 9.30 for me. That's how I spend my Fridays now. Uh, so it was, it was two takes. So I guess we already had two interviews with Benji. The third one will be even better. How many episodes are there of, of Drive Through coming up, Buck? We got nine. That's great. Yeah, so they're going to be rolling out next two months pretty much. Keep an eye out because if they can make the surf ranch look that fun, who the fuck knows what's going to happen when they get to Florida. All right, time for a surf sin. Danny, right. you've had some time, I guess, like I'd, I'd imagine in most organized religions, high priests probably have some sort of system where they take a little leave of absence and they maybe come back to their priesthood stronger, yeah. more focused, more clear. Are you feeling that way? I feel it. Yeah. I think it's known in the beers as a sabbatical and yep. yeah, yeah, you just got to, you got to charge up your priest powers, you, your godlike capabilities. And I certainly feel that right now, Buck. So 
Let's let's hit play on this surf scene. So this one's from Matthew Bates, and it just so happened to be the latest one that came in. It was sitting on top of my email, so that's the one we're going to play. Let's play it. Hey, what's up, guys? My name's Matt, and I have a surf scene for you. Um, pretty much, I was cruising to Pipe to watch the waves before the comp started because I had to work super early, and I happened to see Ivan Florence out there. And I chose him as my top surfer, my double points. And so I'm like, yo, Ivan, good luck. You're gonna kill it. I got my double points on you. I don't know why the fuck I'd say that, but I did. Probably the dumbest thing I could have said. Walked away thinking like, dude, you're fucking dumb. And Ivan lost the event. And I think I got into his head and I pulled some Kelly Slater mind games. So what is my penance, boys? All right, Buck. That's, that's a good one. I like it. There's like a pro surfing element to it there's a little name drop in there that we can you know we all know who ivan florence is what'd you think yeah plus he he was in he was out you know he didn't tell you what he ate for breakfast that morning which was nice he just yeah yeah quick one it was got good. in got it done which we love yeah this is this is a, a terrible thing that he did to ivan florence this oh, is a very tremendous. very awful terrible thing yeah um very bad naughty dark sin an incredibly thoughtless act i have no doubt in my mind that the only reason that ivan florence lost that heat was because of what of what, what was his name matthew what matt said to him yeah i mean i think you're thinking a bit small it's not really just that heat it's probably the event and if you won the event you'd probably get in sunset do pretty well there Portugal, maybe a couple airs could have done all right could have been his world title year really yeah it was a sliding doors moment and and it, I think it, like 100% of that loss came down to, I mean, it certainly wasn't because of his extremely limited experience in competition, let alone elite level competition. I think the reason he lost that heat was definitely because of the weight that this complete stranger's fantasy surfer results was, you know, put on top of his shoulders. That's right. And so he's, he knows, he's acknowledged it and he's ready to heal. Yep. Uh, he just confessed and this is part of the healing process. So... I have got a penance in mind. Uh, I'm not sure if my penance is really going to help the next pro surfer that we're going to bring into this, but it's my penance either way. So I think he needs to put some love back into that professional surfing community. Uh-huh. So what I think he needs to do is next time he's at a surf event, he needs to go up to a pro surfer, same situation before heat, and he's got to get close enough. It's not like you have to yell at them amongst the crowd like he's got to try to find like you know maybe go during the elimination round rainy day whatever it is where you can kind of get a moment where he's close to them and like it's not just like somebody running by a crowd and he shouts something he needs to approach a pro surfer preheat go up to them like no raising your voice at all they have to be able to hear you just normal normal voice and tell him that he loves them <laughs> look him in the eye stop him say hey and then like get him to look eye contact i love you and that's, uh, like I said, not sure if it's going to work for the heat, but he's going to put the love back into that community, which he harmed. So wow. that's my penance. Wow. He's got to wear a white wetsuit when he does it? Uh, sure. <laughs> wow, that's pretty good, Buck. And it's the exact opposite of my approach, which, Ooh. yeah, now I feel like a big meanie. But my penance was the, I mean, so he lost that heat to Felipe Toledo. And I mean, Ivan Florence lost that heat to Felipe Toledo. So I thought to, to balance out this karmic instance that he, 
he affected when he said that comment. We've got to try and we've got to try and put the same thing back in Felipe. Is it Felipe? Do you say Felipe or Felipe? Felipe. I think ah, that's much better. I think he says Felipe. Um, anyway, he's got to put the same thing back in Felipe Toledo's world. Damn it, I just changed it again. He's got to put the same thing back in Felipe Toledo's world. And what is I love, I just love proof, right? And so that's what this basically comes down to. So what I want him to do is get on Felipe's Instagram and tell him that he's going to get knocked out in the third round of the next event and explain why he's going to get knocked out. And then, of course, he's got to take a screenshot and send us the proof. Wow. I, you know, I agree with you. We need proof. We need proof. We get all these sins. People come to us wanting a penance. We consult with uh, the higher spirits and we doll out these penances and we mm. rarely get proof. Yeah, we so. rarely get proof. I, and do you think Felipe would block him for that? Was that is that a blockable offense? Likely. Likely. But, <laughs> so you got to get that screenshot quick. If you do choose this penance. Get it right away because you're, you're getting booted. <laughs> no one needs that in their life. They're about to serve a heat and they just get told they're going to lose exactly how and why. Well, anyway, Buck, so what do you think? Uh, he can just choose one of our two penances? Choose your own adventure. Just make sure you do it, prove it, heal. Yeah. Yeah. We all have proof. Love it. Yeah. Man of science. Man of science, double blind studies, single blind fin, single blind <laughs> head. <laughs> the world's best visually impaired surf podcast. Oh my God. You could be a Paralympian if surfing makes the Paralympics. <laughs> Have you thought about that? I, I, does one eye count? I don't know. I think they have multiple divisions, but... I could look into it. Thanks, Buck. Uh, that's all we got for this week. Please send your surf sins in. Danny at stabmag.com or Buck at stabmag.com. The, those links are in the episode description and we'll see you next week.